Hello and welcome to this episode of Poems for the Speed of Life. This is episode 10 of this special series titled Beginnings. Today's poem is slightly different. It is three different segments of a much longer poem by Alfred Lord Tennyson. After the death of Tennyson's friend Arthur Henry Hallam of a brain hemorrhage at the age of just 22, Tennyson worked on this poem in memoriam A.H.H., for 16 years between 1833 and 1849. The poem was published in 1850, the same year Tennyson became the UK Poet Laureate following the death of William Wordsworth. The full piece is almost 3,000 lines long, written in 133 interrelated short lyric poems or cantos. For the purposes of this episode, this is going to be much different than the typical episodes on this podcast, which take one complete poem as their starting point and end point. So here I'm going to take just three of Tennyson's cantos in In Memoriam A.H.H. And I'm also going to read them a little out of sync. I'm going to start with Canto 22, follow that by Canto 5, and finish with Canto 7. In Memoriam A.H.H. by Alfred Lord Tennyson. Canto 22. The path by which we twain did go, which led by tracks that pleased us well, through four sweet years arose and fell from flower to flower, from snow to snow. And we with singing cheered the way and crowned with all the season lent. From April on to April went, and glad at heart from May to May. But where the path we walked began to slant the fifth autumnal slope, as we descended following hope, there sat the shadow feared of man, who broke our fair companionship, and spread his mantle dark and cold, and wrapped thee formless in the fold, and dulled the murmur on thy lip, and bore thee where I could not see, nor follow, Though I walk in haste, and think that somewhere in the waste the shadow sits and waits for me. Canto 5 I sometimes hold it half a sin to put in words the grief I feel, for words like nature half reveal and half conceal the soul within. But for the unquiet heart and brain, a use in measured language lies, the sad mechanic exercise, like dull narcotics numbing pain. In words like weeds I'll wrap me over, like coarsest clothes against the cold. But that large grief which these enfold is given in outline and no more. Canto 7 Dark House by which once more I stand, here in the long unlovely street, doors where my heart was used to beat so quickly, waiting for a hand, a hand that can be clasped no more. Behold me, for I cannot sleep, and like a guilty thing I creep at earliest morning to the door. He is not here, but far away the noise of life begins again, and ghastly, through the drizzling rain, on the bald street breaks the blank day. 
Starting again with Canto 22 of In Memoriam A.H.H. by Alfred Lord Tennyson. The path by which we twain did go, which led by tracts that pleased us well, through four sweet years arose and fell from flower to flower, from snow to snow. And we, with singing, cheered the way and crowned with all the season lent, from April on to April went, and glad at heart from May to May. But where the path we walked began to slant the fifth autumnal slope, as we descended following hope, there sat the shadow feared of man, who broke our fair companionship, and spread his mantle dark and cold, and wrapped thee formless in the fold, and dulled the murmur on thy lip, and bore thee where I could not see, nor follow, though I walk in haste, and think that somewhere in the waste the shadow sits and waits for me. Canto 5 I sometimes hold it half a sin to put in words the grief I feel, for words like nature half reveal and half conceal the soul within. But for the unquiet heart and brain, a use in measured language lies, the sad mechanic exercise, like dull narcotics numbing pain. In words like weeds, I'll wrap me over, like coarsest clothes against the cold. But that large grief which these enfold is given in outline and no more. And finish with Canto 7. Dark house by which once more I stand, here in the long unlovely street, doors where my heart was used to beat so quickly, waiting for a hand, a hand that can be clasped no more. Behold me, for I cannot sleep, and like a guilty thing I creep at earliest morning to the door. He is not here, but far away the noise of life begins again, and ghastly through the drizzling rain on the bald street breaks the blank day. I hope you enjoyed listening a quarter as much as I enjoyed reading this poem. There is something about this poem that must be read aloud. The sounds of the words, the sounds of the lines, the rhythm. Throughout this entire poem, the rhythm is that A-B-B-A. There are technical terms for it which I won't go into. I don't fully understand, to be honest. But that rhythm of four lines per stanza with the last word of the first line rhyming with the last word of the fourth and the last word of the second line rhyming with the last word of the third. It creates this soundscape, this aural rhythm that is seductive, maybe even hypnotizing. And it is a poem that benefits, I think, from being read aloud. It is an extraordinarily intimidating poem, I think it's fair to say, when you open it on the page. I don't know about you, but long, long, long poems, poems that span pages upon pages, 
or even in the case of this almost a book length poem are intimidating they're daunting sometimes you don't know where to start you start with line one but you're trying to find within those lines within those stanzas one after the other you're trying to find what is this all about and why why so long why did the poet feel necessary to go into this depth and detail when we maybe check the wikipedia page to get some sort of sense some sort of foothold of what this poem is about of why this poem exists but even when we dip into the poem anywhere we are want to find we are liable to find something valuable about this challenge that all of us go through the grief of losing someone close to us the grief of losing a loved one and in the case of this arthur henry hallam dying tragically young at the age of 22 from a brain hemorrhage and this poem this long work this elegy for a lost friend is tennyson's means of shouldering and dealing with and coping with the grief you might ask what is the relevance of this poem in a series on beginnings and it's a good question i was drawn to include it here in this series because the death of someone close to us the death of a loved one is in many ways one of the rawest and hardest new beginnings any of us will go through especially in the case when that death is unexpected and premature or tragic why did i choose these three cantos in particular these three in turn canto number 22 which outlines the life that they had the friendship that they had and that had been taken away by death this shadow both the grief and the fear that comes with countenancing that shadow that comes with facing death the grief of the one lost but also the fear of you being next of this fate awaiting you at some point in the future that double whammy of grief and fear in canto five the second one i read it's about the inadequacy the inadequacy of grief in tennyson's case it's the inadequacy of the words he's using to try to sum up to try to capture the feeling he talks about that large grief is given in outline and no more he says that he sometimes holds it as half a sin to put in words the grief i feel that there is some sort of guilt of publicizing and revealing and expressing this feeling but he is compelled to do so nonetheless even if the words are inadequate really capture the depth and the extent of that grief and in canto seven this sense of this new beginning this new beginning beyond the death of a loved one the new beginning beyond that grief and that powerful line but far away the noise of life begins again far away the noise of life begins again everything turns this too shall pass like everything does no matter how much we might want it to pass 
it will pass in its own time. No matter how much we don't want something to pass, it will inevitably do so. And that is the reason that I included this here, this incredibly powerful poem, even segments of it. I think you can dip in anywhere. You can find In Memoriam A.H.H. on the internet and you can literally scroll or scan to any part of that poem. Read a canto, read one little verse and you might get something from it. So don't be intimidated. Try not to be intimidated. It's easier said than done, I know. But there is so much here in this poem that is almost 200 years old. Poems from back then are often overlooked. We often have this relationship with them that is forced. Many of us did these type of poems at school and in many cases that memory is not necessarily a happy one but there is something for us here in the 21st century we don't have to sit down and read these 3000 lines one after the other although i've no doubt that that might be a rewarding experience over time but we can still dip in and find something of use and something of value and i think in the case of these three cantos where we see the depth of the relationship and the love between these two men, we can feel what it feels like to say farewell and also feel what it feels like to contemplate that new beginning when the noise of life begins again and a blank day breaks on the bald street. Thank you for listening to this episode of Poems for the Speed of Life. This was a different type of episode. It was a different type of episode for me. I hope it was useful and rewarding for you. I look forward to welcoming you back in future episodes of Poems for the Speed of Life. And I'd love to hear what you think of this series, this series titled Beginnings, which is 12 parts. There are two more to follow after this. And I'd love to have you over on the community. And you'll find a link to the Substack in the description and notes of this episode. I'll see you over there, perhaps. Thank you again for being here. And I'll see you next time on Poems for the Speed of Life. Bye-bye.